Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Joined by my co-host tonight, Cole Patterson. Uh, Dalton Miller decided to pack up his things and move back to the, the great East Coast. So he is on the road today, won't be with us, but me and Cole here to talk some uh, Cowboys football. We're actually going to uh, kind of live off of what R.J. Ochoa and Tony Casillas did on the 750 podcast uh, yesterday, where they kind of discussed some things that they were wrong about coming into the season. Thankfully, they gave us the uh, the, the the good side of things and are going to let us talk about the things we were right about coming into the season and some of the things we talked about, you know, early on um, before the season really kicked off. So we're gonna we're gonna brag a little bit, and maybe blow up some heads, but uh, you know, sometimes it's good to do that. Well, we talk about all the things we're wrong about too sometimes, so it's good to kind of maybe uh gloat on some of the things we're right about. But before we do that, Cole, what's up, man? How are you today? Doing well, man. Uh, yeah, like like you said, I guess you got to pick up Dalton Slack today. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's always nice to have, a, you know, coming up a Cowboys win. It's been a lot of fun over these last four games. Um, offense been clicking, defense playing well. So, yeah, we're doing pretty well, man. Uh, it's going to be fun uh, going into that Patriots game. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm uh, excited to see if this team can – can uh, catapult themselves to five and one, and I mean, real quick before we get started, man, like I just wanted to get it off my chest, and I'm not trying to take anything away from some of the teams that that did win this weekend. Um, it's just, it, I guess, and again, I guess it's the talking heads, but it's just a lot of people, like smart people on Twitter too, that I follow who do draft work or just cover the NFL as a whole. Like after this weekend, you know, like the Cowboys beat the crap out of the Giants. And there wasn't like, and again, it's the Giants, I get it. So it's like, it's not like there was a ton of like upbeat, like hype around the Cowboys. It was more just like the Giants stink. They were missing a lot of players. But then the Ravens have to go to overtime against a team that's just as bad as the Giants and the Colts, really, who were just as banged up on defense. And it's like the Ravens are Super Bowl contenders. And, like, the same thing kind of happened with the Chargers, even though they did beat a good team in the Browns. But the Cowboys just beat the Chargers, and it was like, after this weekend, I was kind of like, for the first time in years, honestly, this haven't ha- hasn't happened to me in the first time in years where after a Cowboys win, I felt like they were being disrespected. Because I normally feel like people blow things out of proportion in a positive way with the Cowboys where they'll, they'll win a close game against a bad team. And it's all oh, this, you know, and I'm like on Twitter being like, hey, yeah, but this happened, this happened, and this happened, and people are calling me, you know, pessimistic. But, like, this week I just don't get it because they've beat – a pretty good Carolina team. They beat a really good Chargers team. They played a you know a Super Bowl contender in Tampa Bay really close. They beat the crap out of two divisional opponents, and it's like, yeah, but they haven't really played anybody. But the Chargers are Super Bowl contenders, and the the Ravens who squeaked by the Lions and squeaked yeah. by the Colts 
are Super Bowl contenders. And I'm like, hold on one second. This doesn't seem accurate. But what are your takes mm-hmm. on that? Do you, do you feel like they're being disrespected a little bit? Yeah, I've been thinking the same things, you know. I mean, you know, being on social media, um, you know, what we do, you know, covering the Cowboys. We're always on social media, always seeing all these takes and stuff like that. And I get some of it's from people not liking the Cowboys. You know, there's that natural Cowboys hate. You know, you also like the Yankees, so I'm sure you can relate to that as well. People love to hate, hate on the Yankees, the Cowboys, the Lakers. It comes with a territory. So some natural like, hate there, people disrespecting, you know, from the Cowboys. But, yeah, like you said, even more people who are knowledgeable, I think, are dismissing the Cowboys more than they should be. They went toe-to-toe with um, – with the Buccaneers in week one, uh, that Prescott literally had no preparation for that game as far as game setting goes. Zach Martin did not play that game. They didn't run at all. I know some of that could be credited to the Buccaneers' defense, but still they didn't get anything out of their rushing game, and they still went toe-to-toe. You know, if Geraldine uh, makes a couple of extra points or a field goal is made, whatever happens, I mean, you know, they could have very easily won that game. Then, like you said, they went into L.A. and beat the Chargers. It wasn't the prettiest game, but, I mean, the Browns have a really good defense, and they just gave up 40 points to Herbert and the Chargers in the same stadium. So, I mean, getting that kind of win is nothing to just gloss over. And, then, yeah, I mean, Panthers aren't great. They just lost the, the Eagles, but, I mean, they're still a formidable team that you got to beat. Uh, I know they didn't have McCaffrey, but their defense was playing well going into the game. Uh, and the Cowboys just dominated. I know the score looks a lot closer, but anybody who watched that game, you know, it was complete domination by Dallas. And I get, I get giving benefit of the doubt to teams like, you know, the Chiefs, even though they're struggling. You saw Mahomes, and you expect them to turn it around. But yeah, like teams like the Ravens, for instance. I mean, Lamar's fun to watch and all. They're a good team, but they haven't really beaten anybody. They beat a struggling Chiefs team. But other than that, they should have lost last night. Um, they lost to the Raiders. Uh, what have they done that the Cowboys haven't? They don't have a better right. resume than the Cowboys. And you can't really give them the benefit of the doubt. And not the Cowboys because they haven't done anything in the playoffs either. I mean, right. you know, so I, I'm completely on board with that. And it, I guess it, it was more so – I didn't mean to cut you off, but, like, for me no, it, was, it was more so the Ravens game that kind of got me thinking this more so than, like, the Chargers. Because the Chargers are a really good team. I mean, obviously the Cowboys yeah. gave the Chargers their only loss of the year, which then I feel like you should catapult the Cowboys higher than we're exactly, doing. Exactly, yeah. But, like – Again, like the Ravens should have lost to the Lions. They needed, you know, a miracle field goal to beat the Lions. Um, you know, got and then lucky in the Chiefs game. they got lucky in a Chiefs game, and the Chiefs don't look great right now. Mm-hmm. Um, then they squeaked by a Colts team who was playing practice squad players on defense for most of the fourth quarter, and they were up. You know, they were down two scores going into the third quarter. I think it was. So yeah, it was like it's a just, big collapse. Right. So it's just like for me, it's like. I mean, again, like like you said, like I love watching Lamar Jackson, and and you know I'll be the first one to say it. Like he had an awesome night last night passing, but like there's still throws that again, if you drop back in zone and just let him dump it off to Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown underneath and let them guys make plays, like they're gonna do it. And yeah, I just I didn't understand what Eber Flus game plan was in that second yeah. half. And, and again, like I love Lamar Jackson, like he's a ton of fun to watch. I just like don't. Again, it's weird because normally I'm the pessimistic one, but like, I just think we're we're truly not hyping the Cowboys up enough this year, and I'm not sure why. Like, I think some of it is because of the Cowboys, you know, natural hates. I think some of it may be because, you know, you said you're a natural pessimist as well. You know, I think some people are 
afraid to buy into Dallas because it is Dallas. But yeah, if you take the name, if you take the Cowboys away from a team, I completely agree. There, yeah. you have to put them in the conversation as an as a championship contender. They have an elite quarterback. They have a defense that maybe they the turnovers uh, probably isn't sustainable for the whole year, but they're playing like amazing. All we can say right. going into the year, all we needed was a top twenty, maybe a top fifty. Right, top 20-ish. Defense, if you get, we, didn't, we weren't expecting a defense. We don't need Trayvon Dix to get a pick in every single game. But they're playing they're playing really well right now against good competition. I think if you just remove the Dallas Cowboys, I think they're a consensus top five team. When you add in the Dallas Cowboys, when you add in Jerry Jones, when you add in the Dak uh, doubters, things like that nature, that bumps them down a notch. But I, I'm, I'm bored with you. If you're going to put the Ravens up there, you need to have the Cowboys ahead of them. Yeah, no, for sure. But um, so we're gonna touch on some things that we have talked about, predicted, you know, going into the season, maybe even the beginning of the season, that like we've said this was gonna happen, or we think this is gonna happen. It's proven to be right through these five weeks. Um, and again, if you haven't listened to the seven five zero from from yesterday, you know, make sure you check that out. They went through the things that they were kind of been wrong about. Um, you know, whether it was the defense being good, whether it was the offense being able to produce, whatever it was, they went through a bunch of things. That was a really fun episode to listen to. So they gave us the green light to go over some things that we've predicted slash talked about that we've been right about through the first five weeks. And um, I'll start it off. And a couple of episodes ago, we did a grading episode where we went through each position group and talked about the grades and I think all of us, but I remember I was higher on the safeties and I think everybody else. And we had, we we prefaced it by saying, you know, like, hey, like it's kind of based on the health of these guys. Like if they're not healthy yet, um, you know, you, they could be in some trouble. But uh, we talked about how we thought that if if healthy, Demonte Kazee, uh, J. Ron Curse, Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, this was before he got banged up. Um, we, we felt like the um, – we felt like those guys could be the best safety group that this team has had in a long time. And I think it was you, actually, we talked about, you know, Kazee and Hooker, and we were like, when's the last time, like, is this the best safety since who? And, like, we really couldn't figure it out. Like, I think it was you that might have brought up, like, Roy Williams when he was, you know, good. And it's it's mm-hmm. kind of true. Like, I mean, again, these guys aren't elite by any means, but it just kind of speaks to, one, how bad the safety groups have been in, you know, Dallas for how long, and then for, two, how good these guys are playing so far. And and they're dealing with some injuries and all that as well. So it's been really impressive to see these safety uh, these safeties um, show up big and, and be a big part of the, the reason this team's been so successful on defense the, the first five weeks. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, we try to talk about how good the safeties were going to be and I guess what their competition was as far as that unit and with the Cowboys in recent history. And like you said, we couldn't really think of any. And I know you and Dalton were really high on the safeties going into the year. I was a little more, I want to say doubtful, but I wanted them to prove it to me just because, like, we kind of talked about Xavier Woods during the preseason. I, we got bit by buying into that hype. So I wanted to wait and see. And honestly, how they've been playing through, what, five games is better than you know, when I, my biggest expectations were, you know, Donald Wilson's mi- missing games. Um, Blake Hooker's, you know, coming out from injury. KZ's coming out from injury. But they're all playing really well right now. Um, you know, Von Kurtz has been arguably, you could put the ball up there, the uh, biggest surprise on this team, just the impact he's had. 
I think he's injected a lot of confidence in this defense, and he's made some big plays both in coverage and in run support and things of that nature. But, yeah, I think uh, you're definitely right going into the year talking about being uh, confident in the safeties. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they've exceeded our expectations about that, which is great news for the Cowboys. And, you know, with um, them moving on to Jalen from Jalen Smith, that gives them an opportunity to play that big nickel package more often and maybe get all four safeties on the field together in certain packages, certain situations. So I think that's really exciting. Um, I think that's also been a huge part in this defense, you know, improving and taking that next step. Um, we wanted to see some improvement, and the safeties have, have played a big role in that, especially with all the injuries along the D-line and everything. They've had a lot on their plate, and they've really stepped up to the challenge in a big way. All right, it's your time to, to gloat a little bit. What, what have you been right about about this team? Uh, I'll say all three of us, I think, are <laughs> right on, on Dak Prescott. You know, I think we all expected him to be not not lose a step, first of all. You know, some worried, some are worried about his injury, not playing the preseason. You know, he had that shoulder surgery. He just got paid. Would he be complacent? Um, you know, there are some people on the outside questioning that, but all three of us were adamant that he was not going to miss a step. And not only that, we all expected him to take that next step. And honestly, he's been really, really good this year. He's been elite. You can make an argument that he, if he's not the best quarterback in football right now, you can make a strong argument he's top three. Um, he's not putting up the gaudy passing numbers that he did last year before the injury or even the year prior right now. But he's just in complete command of the offense. He has full control. He's, um, you know, he has full control of the line of scrimmage. He's reading the defense like a like a book, like we've never seen from him in his career. He just seems one step ahead every single time. Um, there'll be some throws where he, you wish he could get back. I mean, that's for every quarterback in the NFL. But for the most part, he's just been an elite quarterback. He's excelled and everything he's been doing, he's elevated his game. I think we are correct on that. And as a result, the Cowboys, like we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, are a serious championship contender. Um, like I said, I think some were doubting how good he would be going into the year because of all the things, or maybe he would get off to a slow start. But it's, it looks like he's elevated his game. His uh, ball placement has been awesome. There's two throws last week. Or, I mean, you know, on Sunday against the Giants, that one to Amari Cooper. He had one to Cedric Wilson down the sideline. Even that one down to C.D. Lamb as well were all perfectly placed balls. Um, so not only has he not missed his stuff, I think we're all right in him elevating his game and being a legitimate MVP candidate. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think you could just start with kind of what we said going into preseason where we talked about, like, you know, people are like, that there's that whole debate on, he hasn't played any preseason, he's going to be rusty. And it's like, yeah. no, nah, it's not been rusty, you know, didn't. Yeah, wasn't wasn't, uh, wasn't rusty, and so Third for four hundred yards against the defending champs. Yeah, <laughs> first so game action. We, should, we might have started with that that, that we talked about <laughs> Dak Prescott. I think that was obvious, though. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that's you know that's pretty 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 easy to you know see that, that you know we've all I guess other than Dalton who's not here to defend himself but we've all been big supporters of Dak Prescott other than Dalton for most of his career um <laughs> took him a little longer awkward. yeah it took him a little longer I mean he's just a little slow you know picking up on some of those things okay but um now the next thing I want to talk about and again like this isn't one that I like pounded the table with and it's not one that I feel like any of us were like you know 
this guy's going to be a stud. Like, it wasn't that, but, like, I remember coming on here a lot and talking about on Twitter some, like, we saw improvements from Terrence Steele. Like, it was Brandon Knight and Terrence Steele flipped last year. Like, for the first half of the year, Terrence Steele was terrible, Brandon Knight was good. And then towards the end of the year, it flipped, where Brandon Knight was terrible and Terrence Steele was good. And there's some talk coming into camp and coming in, you know, before the start of the season where it was like, well, who's going to be your swing tackle? Um, you know, because Lyle, you know, has been dealing with injuries and obviously got the legal stuff going on that we didn't know about at the time. And Tyron Smith has been injured for three to four games for most of his career. So it was like, is it going to be Ty Naseki? Is it going to be Terrence Steele? And I talked about feeling a little bit better about Terrence Steele in that spot because of the growth he showed in his rookie year where he started out bad. And then by the end of the year, you feel like he progressed to be a, not a good player, but a mediocre player. Um, and, and that's why you're looking for in a swing tackle, a cheap rookie swing tackle. You just want the guy to survive. Um, you don't need him to go out there and be a dominant player. You don't need him to go out there and, and be absolutely shut down on the, on the, on the, you know, island there. But if you can just go out there and survive, and that's kind of what he's been doing. He's been really good as a run blocker, as a pass blocker. It hasn't always been pretty, but he's just surviving. And, um, I think he showed that growth. In year one, um, in Kellen Moore's offense, where he started out bumpy, it was a rough ride for him, and then he picked it up, he learned it, he he calmed himself down, and he got better. And then obviously he put in a lot of work this off season to to get a little bit stronger, bigger, more athletic. Um, he prepared a lot more, so it sounded like the coaching staff was really interested in him. And and by no means were we all like can't wait to see Terrence Steele this year, but I think we talked a little bit about the growth that he showed last year. We'd feel better about him being on the field this year because of what we saw at the end of his rookie year and the, the positive reports we heard out of camp and in this off season. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head right there on Terrence Steele. He, the growth he's shown from his first snap last year to his last snap this past Sunday it's been pretty incredible to watch. Like you said, he's never going to be, you know, Tyron Smith, Little Collins. Um, I saw a tweet actually from a fan. It may have been to uh, Hellman or a Joe. I forgot who it was, but it's one, to one of the writers asking if uh, Terrence Steele should, or if Will Collins should get his uh, starting job back. And um, I don't think Terrence Steele has been that great, but I mean, he's the fact that. You know, even casual fans are noticing how well he's been playing. It speaks to the development down that offensive line. Um, they haven't really missed too much of a beat without Collins. Uh, I mean, obviously, when I'm back on the field. But, yeah, Terrence Steele has gone from a big uh, minus, a, you know, a guy you can survive with on the offensive line. He's made some big plays. He's held his own. I think that's been a, another big reason why the, this offense has been rolling uh, so far this season. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. No doubt. You got you got one you want to gloat about a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I hate to stick to the offense, but I feel like we weren't too high on the defense going into the year, you know, other than safety. And we had questions, even at linebacker, we had some questions going into the year. We were still waiting to see what Diggs would turn into. We, I don't think any of us could have predicted Diggs would be what he's been so far. Um, so I'll stick to the offensive side. Just, you know, we were, I mean, another easy answer, but we are still right on it. I mean, wide receivers are what we expected them to be. But uh, to not just be obvious, I'll go to like Cedric Wilson. You know, I yeah. think we were pretty high on Cedric Wilson going into the year, him being that perfect complement um, to the big three receiver. But Gallup's only played one game. He even finished that one game. So Wilson has largely been that wide receiver three this year, and he's really been excelling, making big plays. He's been exactly what you want from that receiver spot. He's stepped in, up into his role without uh, missing any kind of beat in the offense. That press spot seems to trust him in big situations. Um, you know, he's hit him for a touchdown on fourth and goal. He's hit him for another touchdown against the Panthers. He hit him on that big throw down the sideline last week against the Giants. Um, I wouldn't say he has replaced Gallup in the sense that Gallup's, you know, still that deep threat. You still want Gallup on the field. But he's made us at least forget a little bit about Michael Gallup. You know, I think there were there was some concern when Gallup went down with injury for a few weeks or how would the office adjust with, you know, CD Lamp slipping into that number two role, Amari being that number one, um, without having Gallup with them. And Cedric Wilson's filled in perfectly. I think we were right about that. I think we were all excited about him going into the year and um, I do think that he is in line for a bigger role as the season progresses and maybe even beyond, uh, depending on what they do with Gallup. So I've been really happy with Cedric Wilson. and I'm, I know you were high on him coming out of college, coming out of Boise State. So I think you're pretty excited as well to see him throw in this offense and see Keller Moore and Dak Prescott get him involved uh, game after game. Yeah, that's, that's my guy. I love Cedric Wilson. I loved him at Boise. <laughs> And uh, it's been cool to kind of, like I said, see him get more opportunities and, and take, you know, take him by, you know, take 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 advantage of him. Really, I mean, like you said, I'm not going to say he's, you know, shown up and been like, all right, let's forget about Gallup now. But um, I think when they get Gallup back, he's going to provide something to this offense that it's kind of lacked. You know, the really, really, we've seen a few with CD, we've seen a few with Amari, but Gallup's been known for just running those nine routes, getting vertical, and, yeah. and making big plays down the field and. I mean, again, defenses haven't really given you the opportunity to do that a whole lot because they're playing a lot of two, you know, cover two looks with two high safeties and, and making you run the football, making you kind of, you know, move the ball short underneath middle of the field stuff, and they've done a good job of doing that. But, um, you know, the the reps Wilson's gotten, he's made big plays, you know, when, he's, when his number's called. Um, that catch he made, uh, I think I saw something yesterday where, like, he he had one pass attempt, which was a big play. He had one reception, which was a big play, and then he had one ru- rush. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that well, he got a first down on a rush. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like every time he touches the ball, something good happens. I mean, again, he's not a yeah. guy who's going to touch it seven, eight, nine times a game just because there's so many other weapons on there. But every opportunity he gets to make a play, he does. Um, you know, it's hard to. I really don't remember a time he hasn't, other than the one ball. Was it in the Chargers game? He threw him the kind of the nine round. He made that crazy play on the sideline that they ruled a catch mm-hmm. and then came back. Yeah. Which you get, like, he still made the play. He just didn't get his feet in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, every time his number's called, he, he, he normally 
shows up and, and makes a play. And again, like that's one where if you feel like the market for Gallup's going to price him out, maybe you try to bring Wilson back on a more team friendly deal and uh, you know see if see if you can sign him to a two year deal and only pay him a couple million dollars a year and see if that's something he'd be interested in coming back to. Because I think I, I mean we talked about this last week, but like. I'd be perfectly fine with him being your wide receiver three. Um, again, he's not the he's not that explosive weapon that Gallup is as your wide receiver three, but he, he does a lot of good things. He plays special teams. Like you, you'd take a step down from where you're at with your weapons, but like it's not a big step. It's a step down mm-hmm. just from an explosive standpoint. But honestly, from a you know like from a 56 man team standpoint, it wouldn't change that much because Gallup's not playing special teams. Wilson is. Gallup doesn't do a ton of stuff in the slot. Wilson can. I think Wilson's better in those, you know, handoff situations. He's got a good feel after the catch, probably just as much, if not better, than Gallup. So definitely don't want to not Gallup too much because Gallup's a really good player. Um, we could just see a situation mm-hmm. where the money that he's going to demand could make Wilson more valuable and maybe a little bit better, you know, make better sense for your team based on the cap mm-hmm. situation and, and everything else involved. Yeah, he definitely has a role in this offense. Like I said, he contributes on special teams. He's been a punt returner in the past. He has that value as well. Um, yeah, just like you said, value, pricing. You want to save some money when you're paying your quarterback. You want to surround him with as much talent as possible. And, I mean, it's going to be, you know, the draft seems to always have some receiver talent um, as well. So, if, like I said, you don't want to get rid of Gallup, but Cedric Wilson's a guy you can feel comfortable with being that third receiver, maybe getting another deep there in the draft as well. Um, but what, what else do you think you're right on uh, going into the season? Um, Really the last thing I want to touch on is just Kellen Moore taking that next step. Um, yeah. I mean, again, like, it was tough. To, we, we talk, I remember the episode we talked about it, like, we had discussed how little Kellen Moore's had with Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari yeah. Cooper, CD. Like, there's very few games that he's had all of his guys. So, like, we still haven't seen the best of Kellen Moore. And I still, like, you know, I feel like now we're seeing what Kellen Moore can do when he doesn't have Andy Dalton and, you know, banged up receivers and all that. So it's just like, I mean, the crazy thing is, is you still haven't seen it with everything because Gallup's been out and Lyle's been out. So there's some. I, mean, I feel like there's some shots that you're still not taking because you you might be worried about that Terrence Steele holding up for three or four seconds to let things develop. So he still hasn't had all of it together, but he's come close. And even with missing, you know, a really really dynamic wide receiver and a really good right tackle, I mean, this offense is as good as it gets. Um, really, the biggest thing I want to see from Kellen Moore, and I mean, I guess this is going back a little bit, is just I think. And it's not him because it's an execution standpoint too. But the only thing I noticed was when this team gets in goal-to-go situations, they tuck their tails a little bit and they force things a little bit. They get maybe a little too cute with the play calling at times. That's the only issue I have with Kellen Moore. And it's, it's not a big issue. It's not something I'm worried about. It's just I've seen it happen like four or five times this year where they get in those goal-to-go situations and it's a reverse play that loses yardage. And then it's second and goal from the 11 instead of second and goal from the 7. And then they do a zone read that doesn't get you anything. And then they, you know, or they do the quarterback sneak that gets stopped at the goal line. Or they mm-hmm. they try to run the zone read last week that fumbles. And it's just like, or the wide receiver screen against the Chargers, or it sets you back. And again, like, I, I hate, because, like, it 
some of that creative trick play stuff, whatever you want to call it, like works because they do it. They try the power. They set other things up. Right. Like they, the Zeke touchdown last week was kind of a funky play where they bring the jet motion mm-hmm. in, they fake him the handoff, they fake the screen over to the left side, and Zeke's wide open. I so like, like, I, I, I don't even want to feel like I'm critiquing it, but like that's just the one area where this offense can kind yeah. of bog down a little bit. And, and again, it's not Kellen Moore. It's. I mean, again, there's been one where Zeke, you know, Dak was late finding Zeke. There's one where Dak missed the open receiver. There's one where Zeke slipped. There's one where Zeke. Mm-hmm. There's been a Dalton Schultz dropped the pat. Like there's 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 so many factors involved. But I just feel like when this team gets inside the ten, somebody needs to tap everybody on the helmet. And just go relax. They need to pull out the Aaron Rodgers relax and just be like, fellas, <laughs> we're better than the team across from us. Let's not get stupid here. Like let's just. Let's go punch it in. Like, I feel like they tense up and they try to get – maybe the play calling gets key yeah. at times. Maybe Dak tries to be – you know, he might stick on a read a little longer than he normally would. Maybe, you know, a receiver is too early bailing off his route and trying to clear into to zone space. So it's just like sometimes I just feel like that's the biggest issue. And, and, again, if that's your biggest issue is that sometimes the offense doesn't execute and sometimes the play calling gets a little too cute inside the 10 – I'll take that every day of the week. So I think Kellen Moore is a, a stud. Um, I think that he's only going to get better as his team gets healthier and, and, and on the field from back from suspension. So uh, we talked up Kellen Moore a lot this offseason, and we've definitely, I think, hit that one out of the park. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. I think um, kind of going to your point of the key plays, what was your thought on the um, yeah, Cedric Wilson trick play? Like, why, why do you think they pulled that out of the pocket? in that game where they full control of instead of saving it. Um, Honestly, what's I your think, opinion on that? Well, so they did it. I think they did it earlier in the year where Wilson didn't run. It didn't throw it. He ran it. He kept, I just, yeah. I just feel like they're going to have, I think I can't remember if somebody said this on the radio or maybe I just was saying it to myself. I can't remember, but like, I think they just got so many things like that in their back pocket that it, it like, again, like, they're not worried about burning. They're not worried like about that. burning it because they probably yeah. have four or five other of those things, and they run the mm-hmm. like they can run that same play and not throw the ball. So like, True. next time That's they do that, more. the defense is running backwards, and then Cedric Wilson carries it for fourteen yards. Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not that much of a trick play because we've seen them do that jet motion. You know, you think this, it's part of the offense? Yeah. Like I, I mean, I again, it's know. it's a special part of the offense, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, they can yeah. do more off of that. They can throw the pass backwards. You know, like. We saw the Colts kind of run that yesterday where they run the jet motion, um, they throw it out, they throw it back, and then they throw it again. So there's just so many, you know, we used to – it's not the lucky whitehead jet sweep that we used to always see. Like it's not the – that's what the trick play was for Jason Garrett's offense was a lucky whitehead jet sweep. We got it twice a game, and it was like any time he lined up and came in motion, you knew it was coming. And I just feel like Kellen Moore is such a good coordinator and designer that like – that isn't going to ruin anything. If, if anything, I didn't like the t- touchdown to Zeke more because yeah. that's yeah. – I mean, again, the same thing. Like, they can hand that ball to Pollard, and it's – you know, defense got to hold their ground a little bit now, so they can still kind of run something off of that. Mm-hmm. That's but something this, I do like about Kellen. I mean, not to cut you off, no, you're good. but there's so many wrinkles to the plays. Right. Obviously, they have, you know, simple trick plays, but even – even the normal plays, it seems like they have so many options, so many wrinkles to where if the defense picks, hey, we're going to start the run on this play, Dak's going to beat you over the top. Uh, or we're going to focus on Zeke, all right? Well, we have Pollard on the other side. Like, that's something that 
I really like about Kellen Moore and just to go on your overall point about Kellen Moore, he's been really, really great this year. And we did have that conversation. Do the Cowboys promote him at the end of the year and get rid of McCarthy? Um, I know some people might think that's crazy, especially with the year they're having, if they do go deep in the playoffs or whatever. But I do think, I mean, Kellen Moore's going to be head coach next year. I'm pretty sure about that if it's in Dallas or not. And I don't think Jerry Jones is going to want to lose his golden boy, especially after, you know, he's kind of made some comments about not being happy about losing, or yeah, losing Sean Payton, all that kind of stuff. I don't think that he's going to let that happen again. And um, just to your overall point, his play calling has been great. Um, we're, we're just nitpicking about some of the things just to try to come up with. Maybe he's not doing I think I lost you, but yeah, I mean, like it's it's to me, it's pretty obvious how good like calling responsibilities and everything like. Well, having that break up. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, but I mean, just to, you know, to kind of close it out, I think like you're saying, like he's, you know, he's going to be looked at as a head coach, and like it's going to come down to Jerry making a decision, like are we going to stick with McCarthy, or are we going to promote this guy and, and roll with him, and. I mean, like, in a perfect world, you're hoping Jerry can money talk him into staying as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to – I mean, I don't I don't know. It's going to it's gonna be, like, you don't want to worry about that. Man, right, right. Like, you don't want to, like, focus on that too much right now because things are clicking. And, like, you never know. I mean, you know, we thought Chris Richard would get a head coaching job, like, that year. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, like, didn't even get an interview. So, like, <laughs> who knows yeah. but I'm with you like I think he's do like even Dan Quinn I think both of those guys are doing so well that teams are going to want to even if they don't get hired they're going to have interviews and a lot of interviews and I mean you mm-hmm. I mean I hate to say it like people might I hope people don't take offense to this but like Robert Robert Sala got a head coaching job with the Jets and like his defense fell apart the year before when Nick Bosa went down so it's like yeah Dan Quinn has a. It's all about the players, right? Like it's 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 a lot about the players as well, but like I got the personnel. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But um, you got anything else you want to hit on? Anything else that really stands out to you as far as a you know something we talked about um that you uh you've seen that we were right about going into the first five weeks? I think we hit on a a lot of that. Uh, I guess maybe quick comments just on. The tight ends, we weren't really sure who was going to start going into the year, but we were pretty confident that either one was going to be a plus in this offense, and that's exactly what Dalton Schultz has been. He stepped up in that role tremendously and um, been a great addition, uh, has such a great connection with with Dak Prescott. And then just quickly on Tyron Smith, um, I think we are kind of excited about going, in, going into the year with him. You know, he took the neck roll off. He was talking about feeling yeah. healthy going into the year, which, you know, most players do. You know, most players always say, oh, it's the best I've ever felt in my career. But still, I mean, Tyron Smith is obvious he's feeling great, and we kind of touched on it. I believe that was last week, just how we're kind of taking it for granted a little bit. Um, so I think we're also pretty right on those two. But, yeah, I think we did a pretty good job of touching on it. Offense heavy today, but I think that's what we are most high on going into the year, and they haven't done any. Yeah, no doubt about it. I um, I think, like I said, they're uh, you know, with the tiring, with everything really touched on. I think we did a good job. I mean, I'll, I'll 
I'll be the I'll close it with this. Um, haven't been right about uh, you know everything because I thought this defense was going to be tr- you know atrocious. I thought that Trayvon Diggs was going to be good, but I was really uh, worried about what was happening on the other side. And those guys have played well. Um, the defensive tackles have played. You know, Carlos Watkins, Osa, Brent Urban. Those guys have showed up. So we're definitely not always right. We don't claim to be. Um, we try to talk about the wrong as much as we do the right, but. They gave us the green light to 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 go uh, go gloat a little bit, so we're going to take advantage of that every time. But we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you um, are following the Blogging the Boys podcast feed on whatever feed you listen on. Um, you know, check them. Just Google or type in Blogging the Boys um, on whatever feed you listen on Apple, Android, Spotify, all that. Just type in Blogging the Boys. You can subscribe to that. You'll get all these different shows. Uh, we got like eight or nine different shows every day. So if you're, you know, sitting at work or you're sitting at home and you're just dying to talk or listen or hear about the Cowboys, do that because you can go back, listen to shows from the previous day, listen to shows that come out that day. So ton of different voices, ton of different shows from a ton of different good people that uh, know this team, uh, know the team in and out, and know what they're talking about. So go ahead, subscribe to that. Give us a good comment. Give us a good review. Give us a good like. Five stars. However you do it nowadays, do that. Um, we'll see you guys next week on the Talk in the Star podcast. Hopefully we're coming into 5-1 and one after going on the road to New England and, and, and taking on the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. Uh, that'd be a big road win against a pretty good team. And um, like I said, we got a bye week coming up. So this season's rolling, baby, and we'll we'll hope the, the boys stay on a roll, keep winning some football games, and uh, keep you know playing themselves as one of the best teams in the NFC. We'll talk about it more next week on the Talk in the Star podcast.